0: I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik, and I'm joined today across the table, Assistant Director of Engineering Joe Thielen and engineer of all things cool mike whitey jensen (laughs) guys thanks for coming on the podcast thank thank you seth thank you i probably should have thought that out a little bit better i don't know what to call whitey as uh as far as his job goes i think he was on episode number five and i forget what we introduced
2: you as but (laughs) all things cool pretty much covered it yeah (laughs) there's
1: been a cool project since the mid-70s that has happened here whitey's had his hand in it so uh, appreciate you guys coming on and I'm pretty excited we all just got back within a couple days of each other from very different but also very similar adventures and we were hunting moose. Yep. And yep. that's that's a big animal. It's a big animal. <laughs> and uh that hunt when you're here, you know, we're we're in the Great Plains and if you're, you know, on the plains or even out west or, or out east or in the, the Midwest, uh that can be a monumental once in a lifetime type hunt to plan and that can probably seem pretty overwhelming. i want to hunt a moose how do i do that what what do i do what are some of the hurdles that i'm going to have to jump through and then uh i want to i want to talk about that so that the listener can can see some different ways of how to plan something like this and that it doesn't have to be so overwhelming that you just decide not to do it you can get out there you can hunt moose and i want to hear your guys's hunt stories because there's two bullets that are expanded for the for the listeners not viewing this we got two beautifully expanded and excellently you know beautiful looking bullets on the table so i want to hear about those and how those came to be so uh uh, i'll I'll kick this off for me uh just because uh this is a little bit easier so we were on a media hunt uh, uh demoing some new products and so we used an outfitter alpha dog outfitters up there in british columbia and uh if you are thinking about doing a hunt just get a hold of an outfitter, that's an easy thing to do, a good place to start anyway. So we were up there with Alpha Dog, with Mike and Sean, and it was just an awesome experience. But how'd you guys get started, and, and maybe what, what pushed you into like, okay, moose, that's on the menu, that's what we're doing. How'd that come to be?
0: Take it away, Mike. Well, I I guess for me, originally, uh, my, my long-term goal was I was a handgun hunter, and I wanted to hunt moose was my always my my nemesis that I wanted to do and of course I haven't killed a a moose with my handgun yet but I have killed a couple moose and and I and I also had on the plans of taking each one of my kids on some big adventure and I Thanks, have two Dad. daughters <laughs> and two girl I have two daughters and two sons and so we started with I, I started with my daughters so I was, my original, my first hunt was was basically a side deal from from my sheep hunt. I was sheep hunting, and I hunted moose okay. as a as a backup plan. So that was a little different hunt. It was I picked it mostly based on the sheep hunting, mm-hmm. and then moose as a back as a as a secondary thing. But uh, on that hunt was. Essentially, we were using Argos and and getting up to high points and glassing, and there we was glassing big bottoms, big flats, but there was a lot of mountainous stuff. So we were on the edge of the.
1: And this is in Alaska.
0: And this is in Alaska. Okay. In the Alaskan range, south of Fairbanks, and uh, so that was the first hunt that I did, and we wound up wound up getting into a moose and. And couldn't close a deal as far as getting close enough, so i to where i wanted to i feel comfortable with with the handgun. with the handgun, and it was my first moose, so i I went ahead and went to the rifle but but that was my my first experience i'm not. I don't consider myself any expert in moose hunting, but mm-hmm. of course uh that being fairly tough i mean it it sounds easy because you got to Argo, and then it does it helps it it gets you to the moose. Gets you, you know, to where you can actually maybe get close enough to pack it. That way you don't have a, a big pack out. Yeah. But it's still a moose. But it's still moose, <laughs> and it's still in the Tuskegee terrain. You're, you'll are you get close, and you hike in. You get to close with the Argo and then hike in, because you might be spotting a moose two, three miles out there and then oh, wow. trying to get close to them. So that I thought was maybe a little too difficult for the for the girls for the gals, so and I thought maybe it'd be better on a boat type hunt. So the the other hunt that I picked out for my, my daughters to hunt and uh, was based on a boat type hunt. Okay. Floating. And Oppenhowers, I mean, they uh they uh offer both and uh went with Virgil uh, Virgil and uh he uh he takes a boat, so you're moving up and down the rivers and the creeks and stuff and and then you're just basically the biggest physical part is climbing up the bank and then working your way in now mind you the and you're you're always trying to call the moose out to the river, which it don't always happen sometimes you have to it's windy you have to go in deeper and you mm-hmm. have to in the next thing it gets physical but for the most part it's 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 an it's a less physical hunt than most yeah certainly different it, than the first one that you were on right so quite a bit different less physical than that one but
1: so though yeah that one sounds still like an adventure when you're floating the river and obviously in grass oh, yeah, country yeah, and yeah. the alders are yeah just tall enough that you can't see anything so that's yeah, got to make your
0: Apple it's sample. still an adventure, and moose are uh, are frustrating in the fact that if they are not talking to you, if they don't want to answer, and then you're on that style of hunt, it makes it difficult. And then you're looking to try to probe, but they hear so well that you can't move around too much, especially yep. if you got extra bodies with you,
1: mm-hmm. sure. like
0: uh, you know. If there's on uh, this last one, I took my daughter and my granddaughter with me, so so we had. Three of us, Stomping along with around. the guy, with yeah. the guide, so so it made it a little more difficult. But it, it still they 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 did a great job. They were really quiet, and and uh, and it worked out. Even though the moose weren't cooperating as far as answering, but. sure.
1: So that's how you went. And what was the name of that outfit again? You said his name. That was, was Virgil, Virgil
0: lumpenhauer with okay. uh, with uh, hunt with us hunt, hunt Alaska with us. I think.
1: Okay. Now, Joe, you uh, had a slightly different. Experienced, and I haven't asked too much about how your trip went because I wanted to save it. So I'm hearing it fresh on the podcast. But from what I understand, it was a couple days of just surviving, yeah, it and, was, uh, and it turned out <clears throat> to be obviously good. But how'd you go through your planning process, and and what made sure. you decide we're going to hunt a moose?
2: Um, so mine is a little different. Uh, a good friend of mine that I run around with a lot and fish and hunt with and stuff had done this hunt a couple years ago. And he's like, Hey, this is, this is the real deal. Like it's, it's a good quality hunt. And I've always wanted to do a hunt like that. I don't know that like, and even this time, I don't know that I wanted to shoot a moose or if I still even want to shoot a moose. I don't, I mean, they're a cool big animal or whatever, but Christina, my wife has always been on her bucket list forever. So I'm like, okay, I learned about it from, uh, my buddy. And then, uh, so I got in touch, he put me in touch with the transporter um that simply takes you in and drops you off. So it's a hands it's off. A, it's a hands off true okay DIY. I mean you plan everything um and then execute. So mine was getting set up was through a friend.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was not because you wanted to hunt
2: a moose. You wanted to hunt, but your wife said a moose is on my list of things. Yeah, to- <laughs> she was always wanted a big Alaskan and we were in Alaska too, wanted a okay. big Alaska Alaskan moose for I whatever reason i mean okay so and i was like yeah i'll i want to do the hunt part of it you know all the the logistics that go into it and the setup and mm-hmm. this glassing and the calling and all and that was and, and i got all of that you so know you my weren't was
1: filled. floating the river you guys are oh nope, so this in, glassing
2: yeah this was a fly in drop you off and you're yeah. there for 10 days and you set up your own stuff move around do your own hunting i mean it's and then you Then if you kill a moose, you obviously, Hey, we got one down and then you got to pack this moose to the, wherever you shoot it, you have to pack it up to where a ridgetop, you know, where they can land Wow! and then finish it out from there. And it was, this hunt was by far any, and I've, I've hunted quite a bit and any hunt I've ever been on, you know, mountain hunt, elk hunt, whatever, the hardest hunt I can that I've been on, this was times three. Just intense. it It mentally and physically was at times brutal. Yeah, tough. Well, to so,
1: to juxtapose
2: that a little bit, uh, I was with, like I said, Alpha Dog Outfitters
1: up in British Columbia, and the I didn't appreciate how dense the bush is up there. I mean, it is impenetrable is the 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 correct vernacular. I mean, there is just no getting through a lot of it. There's so much blowdown and deadfall that makes it hard to walk. The ground is spongy, and then the trees are on top of each other. So, I mean, it is just horrendously tough to get through, but they log it really well. So uh to juxtapose you're packed in and you're at glass and uh the style of hunting that we did primarily was we would drive to an area that had been logged uh previously and then we would walk up these logging roads and we would pack in not pack in excuse me but we would go through the bush to get to a lake or a swamp uh and do some calling. Um but a lot of it wasn't Super strenuous because we were able to walk on these old logging roads, which weren't, you know, nice roads, but they were, when you're walking, they're not that bad. And, mm-hmm. we'd, you know, we'd call as we'd go. So we'd put on eight to 10 miles a day worth of walking, but it wasn't super vertical. And, uh, we didn't walk through a ton of that, that bush. Cause again,
2: it was just. Was, impenetrable. Your, was yours coniferous forest? Yes. Primarily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was. Uh, what about yours, Mike? Yeah, were you deciduous with the alders and the
0: willows, or were you was, coniferous? No, there. It was with all the alders and the willows, and and then of course there's some spruce and and uh, stuff like that, okay. and some big stands of of aspens. But so there's it's kind of diverse.
1: Yeah, I most of it we were hunting diverse.
0: was from the bank uh, on this on this last hunt, which with the last two hunts with my two daughters. Where uh, we're the same kind of deal you you're traveling the river and you pop up onto the bank and it might be into the there might be a, a stand of of uh, aspens and willows Will, and stuff okay. like that and and you'll just get in there and to a maybe get close to a clearing or a little backwater pond or something and may only go in a couple of three hundred yards at first because you're trying to minimize how much noise you make so you just go in real quietly and then you kind of wait and, and then make a probe you know you call and, and just stand and listen and and you might you might be there an hour or two you know just just mm-hmm. listening for an answer and then if and of course on windy days you can kind of get away with maybe if you got a area that's got a lot of open areas and spots grass that's standing you can kind of maybe slip around and try to sneak around and try to see if you can see one, see one laying or standing someplace. But that's about which sometimes draws you in deeper and winds up being a <laughs> yeah, next a thing lot you more know, work. next <laughs> yeah. thing you know, a lot more work. So it's not like these uh, riverboat hunts can are always easy and they're always a short pack. They can be, they can get drawn in, and you can get, you can wind up killing a moose yeah where you know, you're going to pack a it long out ways yeah. back yeah because you just don't grab the antlers
2: of a moose and drag it out, no, you just' uh, no. that doesn't happen no, that's no. something that I was the
1: I was taken by a couple things one was the the density of the bush, and the second was the the size of a moose, you know that like, okay, I've been right next to dead elk, like they're a big animal can't mm-hmm. be that much worse, but they are significantly larger, yeah, uh, so that was uh, kind of. Some of the planning, and you know kind of why we were out there uh mike let's hear it you've got a a nice expanded c x bullet let's uh walk through how your hunt went down and and uh, uh how your daughter was able to uh to find a giant so
0: on this hunt, yeah, that's the last one uh, uh of course i you know we were having trouble getting them to answer, so we were basically just doing a lot of probing, we'd pop in and call but we would actually look into little openings clearings and we, we knew where the guide knew where they were at and we'd pop in well on this moose here yeah that's it's like the ninth day so it's it's 10 day oh, hunt Whoa! so you it's guys, at the end so i'm yeah i'm stressing pretty, pretty good <laughs> <bit> already so <laughs> how, what was your moose contact like for the first eight days were you getting some responses seeing oh. some cows we seen a lot of cows. We seen a lot of bulls and young bulls, especially. And the first day, of course, we had a giant standing 150 yards from the camp, from my tent. But uh, of course, it was the day before because we flew in a day oh, early. Yeah. So it's and and you know it's it's a no shoot day. So so he just stood over there and wow, yeah, and he's probably 65 plus inch moose. Mm. <laughs> so (laughs) you walked away and we never seen him again so for eight days you're seeing young bulls you're seeing seeing, we've seen all kinds of moose and everything but just uh, and a couple of the other guys in camp had had seen a few shooters that were not giants but uh shooters you know they were legal moose and passed them on them Uh, so there was wasn't like we hadn't seen any good bulls in that camp before that but uh one of them was killed third day in and the other one was killed just the day night before mine so or for for jessica's but anyway when we popped in on this moose he was just standing in a clearing and of course the guides look guide looks at me and he goes he's about 57 he's yeah he's plenty wide enough he's only got three and three brows so and I, and I said, it's ninth day, yeah, game on, you know, it's, yeah. game <laughs> he's <on>. in danger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let her, let her have him, let her have at it. And so, so we snuck around and, and, and slipped through the willows and then popped out and tried calling him a little bit. And then of course he did exactly what we, what we'd been getting anywhere, everywhere else who, he just ignored the call and turned and started to walk away. And Uh-oh. when he. Soon as he, soon as he, he was facing us when we popped in. Of course, watching us. But when he, uh, of course, as soon as he turned, uh, Jessica let him have it. What now? What was she shooting? She was shooting a three hundred WSM, WSM, the short mag. Okay. With uh, Outfitter ammo. All right. And uh, yeah, she hit him with the first one. It was a little bit of a quartering shot, but it was mostly, mostly, uh, mostly. Broadside, broadside, but somewhat quarter. And what was the distance? Well, oh, about one hundred sixty yards. Okay, right in there, so, perfect. So most of them shots on this, on these type of hunts are, you know, their long shots are like one fifty, one sixty yards. Okay, their short shots are yards. Yeah, you know, ten 20. yards. Yeah, okay. So she so, hits him. So she hits him, and he walks into a circle, and just stops and stands. And of course, the guide, he's they there. They they want the meat, so they're they're all about the meat. So he's like, oh, no, don't don't shoot him again. I think he's all right. I Think he's good. Uh, just wait. And he didn't fall, so he started to walk again. See? and and no more than said, maybe better. And Jessica let him have it again. <laughs> and then he took a couple more steps, and Jessica let him had it again. He walked in. He's just a few more steps and walked into the willows and laid down. And uh, all three shots were. About the size of a grapefruit, right through his right through his heart lung area. Perfect. He was perfect. His lungs were just nothing but mush. You know, so he was he was I don't know how he walked as far as he did, but yeah. they're just they just act like they're not even hit sometimes.
1: Yeah. Well and an, an well, animal of that size. Size. They, they have so much buncher. oxygenated blood yeah. circulating yes. that even when you take out the pump station, it's yeah. <laughs> still oxygenated, yeah. it's still in there. Yep. Yeah. And you have that bullet, so recovered one of them,
0: and one uh, of them, yeah. the The first one that where he was a little bit quartered, that was the only one I covered. The other two were dead broadside; they went clean through. Yep. But this one here was just under the hide, just 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 under the barely under the hide. Yep. You know, the hide must have snapped it, caught it, and then snapped back and, yep. and trapped it because it was trapped a little ways from where the wound was. Okay, and there was a burn mark, so you know obviously it was hot when it. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, and that's the 180 grain CX, and that really speaks to what the whole Outfitter line of ammo is all about, and what the CX bullet is really known for, which is just unrelenting penetration performance no matter where you're at in the world. And we did the calcs on that real quick right before the we started recording. That's a 98% weight retention. That bullet weighs 176 grains. That's Pretty, pretty pretty okay good. pretty good pretty darn good and uh
0: jessica i'm guessing thrilled with the moose oh yeah she was she was elated of course i had my granddaughter with us too so so that was a great experience for both of them yeah. and a great, for me uh, how uh, satisfying you know, to, to yeah, provide me especially to help provide that
1: experience that most uh most people in the world don't get to experiences yeah. absolutely going on a you know a moose hunt to alaska
0: mm-hmm. with their and dad course, or their grandpa of course my granddaughter she's 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 all in she loves this whole thing this whole experience and uh, she's like right away she's after we got the pictures taken she's like pulls her knife out and says i've got a knife i can i can help <laughs> i can help skin she? this <laughs> she's like 14 oh that's i awesome. can help skin this so, so the jason had her had her get started on one leg and i started on the rear leg and he started on the back and, and, uh, and we started skinning it away and she skinned all oh, that whole front quarter off and it started on the one back quarter on, wow. on a, on another spot where I move, move from. So anyway, uh, she wound up nicking her finger, which oh. no big deal. So we put a bandaid on it and put a glove on. It. And, uh, and of course she's like, she's still in, I want to, I want to keep moving. And I'm like, no, I think you better quit. I think you better quit. <laughs> So anyway, plenty to go around on a moose, <laughs> and they got her. Sure. Uh, so I stopped her, but but that wasn't the end of it for her because she's like, "Well, I'm going to pack then. I'm going to pack moose." Of course, the other guys showed up. Some of them from camp they showed up by then. So they're getting the re- they're getting the rear quarter and the front quarters ready and everything. And my granddaughter just barely weighs a hundred pounds. Yeah, you know, and and she's like, she picks out this one. I'm I'll pack this one. And I'm like, "Good luck." Oh man, I said, "No, you better <laughs> slow down here. That that thing that thing weighs as much as you do, so you know." But no, she was bound and I was going to pack that out, and she did. She put it on her pack. We're like 300 yards from the from the river. Good for her. And there's pretty solid ground to start out with, but then it gets into little Tuskegee, you know, little holes and what have you. I'll be darned if she didn't pack that thing all the way out to the boat. Next thing you know, she's back. I'll take that one. Packed another one. <laughs> How does that make you feel? And I mean, that that have, do you
1: have to feel like you've accomplished in life where you've, you know, you've raised your kids up to, you know, to, to value this lifestyle oh, and yeah. then they're passing it on to their kids and yeah. she is more than willing to pack out a moose yeah. quarter. That's, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Mission accomplished.
0: Yeah. My daughters, both of them, you know, even Hannah and Hannah last year uh she was uh there's two different style i mean there were they're same style boat hunt there were boat hunts but two different years one year rain 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 we was in an open boat miserably cold long long drives this is hana this uh, and she endured these long boat rides and soaking wet and and cold and then it turned to ice and stuff and it would freeze at night and, oh, and boy. frost and then the last day well mind you she kills her moose on the 15th day of a 10-day hunt <laughs> so so this is how tough it was for her wow and uh earned that and, one and killed it in the snow in about six inches of snow so it snowed that that day and wound up killing one uh a nice moose and on the fifteenth day, which consequently I was going to hunt with a handgun afterwards, which these girls like to stretch it out, so they, I guess, so I never did get a use the handgun to hunt hunt either hunt, but that's but they they uh they put their heart and soul in it, and they they love to hunt just as much as me or any of the my sons do
1: yep, and I think what one of the other things that can be taken away from that for the listener is if you're thinking about. Booking a hunt, whether that be moose or anything else, and you're kind of shying away from going with an outfitter because, you know, it's whatever, whatever, uh, I don't know, whatever bars of entry you think that has, it's not an easy hunt. Just because you have an, a, an outfitter with you or a guide with you does not mean it's easy. You know, yeah. that telling, you know, how you went with Hannah last uh, couple of years ago and she, you know, is freezing. It's riding on a boat, it's already colder on the water you got the wind because the boat's moving plus it's raining on you like that's miserable and to last over two weeks doing that yep um i mean yeah it's just because you have an outfitter service does not mean that these are easy hunts whatsoever no
0: no i mean it was nice this time the weather was almost too nice Mm -hmm. because we didn't get a, a we we didn't get a frost until the last day and so the moose weren't talking but i mean it was beautiful weather during the during the deal and and this time we had a covered boat so it was a little easier we were only in an open boat one day so so it was a little a little easier comfort wise sure. but uh but uh still, yeah, the, still hunt, tough. the hunt was still difficult still, still hunt, tough absolutely. Uh, it's still tough though yeah. because you still got to climb the banks you still got to hike out and when we and we went into some some fairly long walks too it's yeah. sometimes you have to you know have to go deeper when you're when they're not cooperating yeah well
1: and some of the, the the difficulty in a hunt like that isn't the you know the, yeah the walking's tough and it's cold and whatever but the 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 mental geometry of it's day seven it's day eight and i'm up before the sun and i'm getting back long after the sun gets down i'm getting five or six hours of sleep a night i'm not sleeping super great the food is you know, like be you know, like just the the okay the alarm went off and i have to do this all again mm-hmm. that that can be
0: frustrating in and of itself yeah. and make for a make for a long hunt yeah especially with that first hunt where you know you're going out and you're you're getting soaking wet so when you get home even when you get back it's after dark you get something to eat you but before you do that you start hanging up all your gear, gear. because yes. everything's wet and you got to dry it out and you got to get it ready for the next day so you spend Part of the night just trying to get your gear dried out. Yeah. So you lose sleep just doing that alone. Yep, that could be tough. Well, yeah. Joe, you had uh, another
1: great experience, another long hunt. And uh, tell us about how your hunt went down from the, the travel, getting in, getting set sure. up, and uh, how we culminated to
2: a uh, one shot kill. Um, so uh, I have tons of stories. Like we get this podcast could last <laughs> three hours, but because I learned so much. But so I'm going into. An unfamiliar environment, unfamiliar terrain, with an unfamiliar species, with gear that I had asked about. Well, and you had to it, you had a pretty pretty strict limitations on forty five pounds of gear per person. Yeah, so it was. I mean, you you took what you needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a little leg up because I had a a friend, that, you know I mentioned had been there. So the short of the long is, it's you're out there for a scheduled ten days, depending on weather. We did get in when we were supposed to get in, thank goodness, and had a great day to set up camp, but. When we're setting, when I'm talking about setting up camp, I literally carved camp out of a big stand of alders, like cutting them down, cutting a path in, cutting an area to put your tent down, leveling it with a shovel, like full on, because we were going to get, I don't know, um, so this is September of 22, well, mid-September of 22, like the 16th or 17th, right after we got in on the 15th, they have like a 130-year storm come off the Bering Sea. Oh, boy. That was two and a half days of horrible conditions. Relentless. 30 to 50 mile an hour winds, rain, it's, it's bad. That's survival mode at that point. That was survival mode. So of, t- of the 10 days, now I have eight because oh, I couldn't, you couldn't get out, you couldn't call, you couldn't really get out and do anything because you can't see, can't hear, the moose aren't going to hear you. It's, it's very difficult. So I can't go learn my surroundings because mind you, I've never been here before. Never, I've never hunted this area. Yeah. No one had.
1: You're just trying to... Uh, So survive, uh, not get uh, have a grizzly bear encounter. Or your uh, tent, your structure, you're not blowing. I mean, we already
2: we already had to take our tarp down. That you you know you create an extra area Mm -hmm, underneath mm -hmm, a tarp for your gear and everything. That that ain't gonna survive. So you got to get it buttoned up. So that's how it started. Oh boy. So we finally get some weather to clear out, and we're we're in an area where you can glass and call. I got a combination of you know you're on a top of you know hills if you can, and on the top there's clearings, but then there's alders and willows and spruce forest and stuff near the bottom where the creeks are so i'm trying to learn my surroundings and glass 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 trying to call and we called in some little bulls and saw other bulls and passed some young bulls and stuff um you know very nice you know moose but uh we're seeing some exceptional moose I'm yeah. like, okay there's oh. there's what we're looking for so, and you're you're glassing miles out yeah Yeah, i mean you can see moose a mile two miles now you can't go hunt them all because you can't get there i mean i don't i wish it would be easy to articulate to the to the viewers of walking a half a mile takes a half an hour it's it's crazy the the horrible footing and the terrain and the work it takes to move around so fast forward day three four five six glassing calling getting some responses but the big bulls the big mature bulls were with their cows, okay. Um, and, and calling them off the cows. I'm. I learned that I am no expert in moose hunting. I'll <laughs> clear that up right now. But I mean, I tried. I'm trying a lot of things, but I cannot. I was unsuccessful on getting those big bulls to respond very well to calls and to and to come to a call or be able to work them or anything. Okay. So, um, we had gone after, gone after another big bull the day before and it was a, just a not a very nice day it rained and stuff on us so that kind of beat us down a little bit well we're in today eight um at this bull that we ended up killing was was laying out in this opening and i'm like all right we'll go we'll try to get him he's three quarters of a mile you know, 1200 yards away so we, we move around to position and call and rake and call and rake and we get a young bull to come literally 10 yards right to us and that oh. big bull won't, <laughs> won't come and we try to work around there well, long story short we're like, okay, we can't get him. We can't just go in there and blow him out because it's so thick. So, we moved back around to our glassing hill, another 1200 yard walk. And you're supposed to be saving your I mean, that's the kind of the old adage save your legs, you mm-hmm. know, measured steps, think about stuff before you do it. We know more than get back up to where we can see. And sure enough, he's laying over there yet. So, we'd moved off that hill again and got into a position where we could kind of see through some spruce and across there, but he's laying down. So, you, you can't yeah. see him. What are you going to do? So, I kind of moved around a little bit, trying to get a, a lane to see where he was, and Christina's up above me on the hill, uh, or I say on a hill, but kind of across this shallow draw. Um, well, that bull, the cows had called in the timber. Well, sure enough, they're re- he stands up to that. You know, he ignores me, but boy, they call. He's yeah. up. As soon as he stood up, she can see him. Okay. I'm down here, and I can't see him, so they're waving you- me to come up the hill, and you can't. You're trying to move fast, but fast no, is fast. like a... A walk because you just you can't run, it's impossible. So I get up there, and sure enough, he's over there, but his his butt is towards us, so we have we have no shot. And he's he's taken a few steps away, and I lays him. I get her sat down and get a pack on her, as get stable as best we can. And he's like he was at like four sixty then, and then he walked a little bit, walked a little bit, tried to call, tried to call, finally got him to turn and rake a willow. And when he turned broadside and raked a willow, she cut her loose. Shooting, what was she shooting? 300 PRC. Okay, with the, the two, ultimate. 212 Precision Hunter. And thank goodness we had it. Yeah. Because out there, like Mike said, I mean, you'd more than likely, I mean, two, 300 yards, 400 yards is not uncommon just because of the terrain and how they. Now, if you call them in, it might be 10 or 15 yards. So I knew that I wanted. You precision, needed performance. I, I needed. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't know what the range was going to be. So that's why I chose Precision Hunter. And thank goodness we had it. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank goodness yeah yeah and she put a good shot on him i watched the trace in behind her with the binos and i saw the water he was soaking wet that day and i watched the water come off his the pocket of his shoulder and i was like man they look pretty good and then he walked to the right a little bit they don't they don't even act like they're hit i mean you other than seeing the bullet ripple out you you their bodies don't react they're so big and then he moved off to the right about 15 yards maybe 20 yards and tipped over right away she shot him in the heart wow so he didn't but they have so i so his heart is split, literally a V taken out of it. And he still lived for however long it took him to walk, you know, 20, 30 yards. So yeah. 30 seconds, a minute. Wow. So I'm amazed at how much, you know, blood they have in the system that it just physically takes them that long to expire. Yeah. Well, at least he didn't bolt out of there. But how cool is oh. that to get a, uh, to, to get a, a window where you got to thread the needle. That's so <laughs> what it was through the spruce. And then I had to move to the right to see him again, where he tipped over because the spruce, you know, you're. It, yeah. It was taxing, so it was it was tough. And then obviously you get over there, and then it's like, oh my, oh gosh, my gosh, these <laughs> things are huge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, like, oh my god! I well, well, no, actually done. shot
2: a dandy moose. I haven't seen it physically, but I saw a picture, yeah. and it was yeah, it's that's a big moose. Big yeah, moose. he's got good. I mean, he's got big fronts, and yeah. he's good. I don't know. I haven't. Uh, the horns are still. I haven't even got them yet. So okay, they're uh, they did make it down, but we'll. I haven't even measured him at all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was day eight. Yeah, It
1: was a big bull, mature bull. Um, yeah. And Christina got to check one off the bucket
2: list and has a, a story of survival to, to share. Yeah. We have an adventure. I call it, I tell people like, man, we had an adventure worth th- for three lifetimes because yeah. it was surviving all that. <laughs> and then enduring it and mentally and physically, I mean, it was, so what was, was the pack per- out like if you shot him at nearly 500 yards, yeah, so you got to get him back to at least where you shot
1: him, and then how far?
2: Yeah, well, actually, so there's, we were over here, there's different, there's different, um, bridge tops that they can land on. Okay. And we had got those. I mean, that, that was my number one question going in there is, Hey, help me understand or show me where else you can land. So I know where I can hunt and what I got to do. So this moose was shot a mile, probably mile and a half from camp. But the ridge top that we could land on was a thousand yards, oh. all uphill though. Oh. <laughs> so, and the last hundred or two hundred yards is when I say uphill, I mean uphill. Oh, there's the kicker on that caribou lichen stuff that's just slick when it's wet. So oh. it was, it was, it was tough. You you look for. I mean, I learned right away. You look for moose trails. Right away because yeah. where those moose walk it's packed and stuff and they they know how to get around obviously they've lived there for hundreds of years yeah and that is a blessing when you can get on moose trails that are generally going the direction you're going wow that's so uh,
1: that's pretty remarkable and recovered the bullet we haven't weighed this one but this is this, yeah, this guess, is picture perfect
2: Eldx performance what you'd expect from a 300prc at 500 per, yards yeah I mean it expanded down to the shank just like it should I don't know I got to clean it up and clean it up and weigh it but it looked I mean that that's what they should look like. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Well, that's awesome performance
1: and, and it does sound like quite an adventure. Well, I, I wish my adventure uh, ended with a dead moose, but unfortunately for us, we kind of shared, uh, as Whitey was saying, that, that warm weather where it was was nice weather, mm-hmm. but not for moose rutting. No. Um, so we had temperatures in the 60 to 70 degree range uh, every day and it got down to it didn't freeze at all and it was down into the upper 30s or lower 40s a couple of those days so we had uh, good mornings uh, where you were seeing animals they weren't super responsive and uh, it was just tough hunting so i was paired up with joe Curtinbach, the editor for guns and ammo and again testing out some new products and uh we were or palling around with mike co-owner of there of uh of alpha dog outfitters and so we would uh, go out to these cuts and and hike, and then we were actually hiking up on some old cuts, like several years old that they did this cut on like a mountainside, and hiked up in there, and it's you know, two and a half miles, and you're walking uphill, and then you get up there and spend as many hours, and, and there's not much glassing you can do, but they're seven foot tall animals, so you'd see antlers, but we just couldn't couldn't get on them, and they just weren't responsive. We had a couple instances where we would go up to a a lake and and call and we could we'd get a response you know just real quiet real soft not committed not coming in Uh, we'd have some cows that we could hear um, but nothing would would step out so it was pretty frustrating well we found this old cut that was winter logged so uh that that road is they don't put any gravel down on these roads uh, in the winter time and then they pull out in the spring obviously the roads would be super messy so it's this older cut Chance, you know, things were growing back because it was a year or two old. And uh, that was several miles long. And we would walk in every time we'd get to a clearing, we'd call. And uh, one morning we saw a cow in this clearing. We'd heard heard a bull the day prior. We saw a cow in this clearing. And unfortunately, she didn't have anybody looking for love uh, in that area at that time. But we did see that was the first moose we saw. And I think it was day six. So, okay, that's, that's, that's promising. Maybe it was the morning of day five. But well, we go back uh, that next morning in that same clearing, nothing. Well, on our walk back out, we see her, or presumably it was her. And uh, she's moving through the clearing, heading for the bush. And so we kind of walk in there quite a ways and let out a cow call, and we see another moose a couple hundred yards away but with its head down. And so all three of us, Joe, Mike, and myself, we lock up the skids. Binos come up, almost like synchronized swimming. We just all stopped. Binos from the chest to our eyes. And sure enough, it lifted its head up, and it's got headgear. So game on. And it's in this little window covered up by willows and stuff. So there's some uh, trees, deciduous trees in this opening that had grown up that were quite tall, and then a bunch of willows. So we can see them, but there's no shot there. So, Mike gives a call, and like you mentioned earlier, Mike, he doesn't care. He'd whatever. Kind of picked his head up and then put it right back down, and he was just browsing. So, Mike turns away and gives another call, but facing the other direction. Well, that gets his attention a little bit. So, he starts making his way from right to left. He was about 200 yards initially, and he's working towards us real slow through the timber. And uh, yeah, he got to kind of the this area where it cleared a little bit and uh the way they log this that these trees have no branches and they'll be 40 50 60 foot tall so they'll cut the tops off where all the leaves are and then they'll cut the log out and then they'll push the tops all into a pile so this was a couple years old but it was a pile nonetheless and so he walks over towards this pile and he puts his feet up on on a, a little rise and then leans forward presenting his entire front shoulder and then just stops moving it was like you know it was like picture perfect, like, oh my gosh, so he he worked his way into a hundred yards, and uh, again, we were using a new product, shooting the CX bullet, and he presented that front shoulder and stopped, and uh, at a hundred yards, uh, Joe let one rip, and uh, he spun around in a circle, and he had his head down, and he walked about ten yards with his head down. He tried to step over a log, and his back end just fell out from under him, and then he just crumpled forward. So he made it only ten yards, which took about fifteen or twenty seconds. And uh yeah, just a one shot. So we get up there and the amount of blood that exited that moose's nose was just incredible. It was a lung shot, ventilated both lungs, uh missed the heart by a little bit, but uh we got up there and I was just blown away at the sheer size of this thing. They were they were huge. And and then we got the full you know, Canadian moose experience, we started a fire right there in the bush. Uh, we started, you know, getting the bark peeled off him and taking little chunks of meat. And Someone had skinned some willows and we were, we were, you know, gr- grilling or smoking moose meat as we were taking them apart. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, luckily we didn't cool. have too much of a pack out and we were able to, uh, to, to get the vehicle pretty close and, and didn't have to put them in a pack. We were able to carry whole quarters out, bagged up and the volume of meat was incredible incredible and yeah. luckily we were able to get the entire moose home uh, one of the attendees drove we were able to get that whole moose back oh, wow. so that's the real trophy there but uh great experience and and i think the arduous task of oh man i know it's going to be warm today i know i'm going to walk eight to ten miles today and we haven't really been seeing anything and it's five in the morning and i really don't want to get up right now
2: <laughs> by day five six seven of that it was pretty tough uh, but yeah. but it's good for the it's good for the viewers to understand that because we have this moose moose hunting is i mean oh i'm going on a moose hunt. i'm going to get a moose no, no you're not guaranteed to get a moose they're no. a they're a unique creature as far as responding and people like oh they're just a big old dumb old moose uh yeah i have a different respect, respect of moose oh, now yeah. and the oh, way yeah, they for sure the patience they have and just the way they respond and the way they react and stuff. So it's a tough, yeah. I, he, I thought it was a tough hunt.
0: Like and he, a, yeah, and even when you're glassing them, I mean, you can be up on a mountainside or a high point and glassing. And if them moose are laying down, they just disappear because the cover will, is that thick. Yeah, you but will not see them. As, as tall them. and as big as them are, you think you'd see them anywhere. And you look down in them bottoms and you think, it's, you, think you could see them anywhere. They'll just lay down and disappear, and they may not stand up for hours. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Nope.
2: yeah, that's crazy how yeah, this is void of life. There's nothing here. And if you wait there in glass long enough— All of a sudden, yeah. There pop, they are. There, it pops yeah. one up. It's amazing an animal of that size can hide so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is remarkable. But. but the willows and the alders are <laughs> so big and so thick that, I mean, you could hide a school bus in there, yeah, and yeah. I mean that. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: We were hiking up the side of a, of a mountain— and we were hiking through alders and willows, much taller than I, and I'm convinced we're gonna we're going to come around a, a, a corner uh, or we're gonna come to an opening. there's going to be a grizz here. like there this is where grizz live. There's no reason that we're not going to walk on top of one because it is so thick, it's so tall. Oh, yeah, you can't see in there, you can't hear anything in there. You really could hide a school bus, and certainly it moves. you know this stuff is so dense, it's incredible. and uh yeah, as far as my hunt goes, regardless of the fact that that we weren't seeing a ton of moose, what an awesome adventure. I mean, I was just yeah. blown away. You get to some of these places and you can literally see the curvature of the earth because you you hike up so far, you can just see forever. it's oh, yeah. gorgeous and uh and uh you know, the outfit that we were with did a a good job. I mean, they they tried their their best to put us on animals. They made sure we had a great time. We were taken care of. We were laughing. It was just all in all, it was just an amazing adventure,
2: regardless of yeah. whether we were seared game or not. Yeah. I would call it an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, a moose hunt it's is booking. a moose adventure. It's, yeah, an, it's, adventure. An, it's it an adventure. Really it really yeah, is because you don't know what you're going to get into. It doesn't matter if it's a boat hunt, ridge hunt, camp hunt. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. You're in for an and, adventure, an, adventure. An, experience. an experience. It's a true yes. adventure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And then, and it really, I mean, I got to put a plug in. I mean, I it made it sound like Emily hiked out all the moose, but, it, uh, Actually, you know, we had a great camp. We had uh, two other clients in there that were just, you know, one of them was a, uh, uh, he had a uh, uh, disabled veteran. Okay. You couldn't hardly ask for a nicer nicer camp. These guys come and helped, and they, uh, Scott and, and Russ both, they were, they were, and, of course, they come and, you know, and, and helped us pack the moose out, break them down. Yep, We helped each other. It was Everything was just such a great experience. Yeah,
1: And Joe, thing. being a little more remote, a little more isolated, I can share that sentiment with you though, Mike, that we had, you know, there's other clients in camps and they're at other camps or whatever, but everybody that was there was down for the cause. If there yeah. was like, oh, they got a moose down and they need help because yeah, that's, uh, I'll uh, stop what I'm doing. That's what and, happened. Yeah, yeah. Let's go get after it. And that's, that camaraderie happens so quickly in Experiences where things are difficult, you know, when when you're sharing hardship, and in this case, elected hardship. Well, you know, we chose to do this. You come together pretty quick, and that that just makes for okay. that much better of an experience. Okay. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up before we change gears here, I want to talk uh, about maybe some gear tactics or something like that that you guys learned hunting moose that you know that you maybe didn't know before. But before we get there, uh, if you're going to hunt with an outfitter, one of the more awkward things about it is, uh, tipping, you know, or gratuity. It's obviously, you know, they can be mm-hmm. expensive hunts. And I just, uh, I want to put a plug out there. If you're thinking about doing it, uh, these guides work their butts off. Oh, I yeah. mean, while you're there, if it's hard for you, it's harder for them. They're working their butts off and they're working their butts off when you're not there. And uh, I feel like in regards to, you know, tipping and gratuity, Uh, if you get a good experience, you know, make sure that, that they're compensated appropriately and what really, you know, you're tipping for your experience, but you're also tipping them for the spring when they don't have any moose hunts and they're out there finding the moose, you know, keeping an eye on where their animals are at, where the cuts Mm -hmm. are at or all that work. Um, you know, I just, I didn't appreciate that as much, uh, when I was, was younger and I'd never done, you know, a hunt with a, with an outfitter, but, uh. Their services are invaluable for instances like this. And I just oh, wanted yeah. to, to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's... So now for gear, tactics, whatever, what are some things that you guys picked up moose hunting that you weren't, you know, that you didn't necessarily appreciate before you were on a moose hunt or a hunt like yours, Joe, where you're hyper remote? You mean, uh, I mean, type of gear that we? Yeah, like, we, is there is there something that hey, if I'm going on this type of hunt again, this is a no questions asked. I'm going to take
0: this. Oh, rubber boots. That's probably one of one thing that most people want to bring along, or okay. some very good waterproof boots because you're probably going to get hike. You're going to be in swamp and such, soaking wet, such and what have you. Mm-hmm. So, gear that you can your rain gear, of course, because inevitably it's going to rain mm-hmm. while you're there yep that's okay so kind of waterproofing
1: with, is probably yeah. your,
2: your number one what about you joe uh where we were so i'll I'll second that now i needed rubber boots you could wear rubber boots where we were but uh we used like kennetrek 400s really good boots yep. with gaiters because we had to we had to hike quite a bit um we weren't down in the the rivers in the bottoms so um, but i would say so going with boots first boots and socks Absolutely, first and foremost, rain gear. Second, after that, for me, a good saw oh. with a with a wood blade and a bone blade. Absolutely, <laughs> I need. I mean, I, I couldn't. You cleared do, your camp with it. Cleared the camp. You couldn't do it without that. And then this may sound a little funny, but ShamWow cloths. Oh, hyper absorbent. Hyper absorbent cloths, because stuff is going to get wet. I don't care if it's yep. your tent, your floor, your wall, your boots. I shoved these things in my boots at the end of the day to absorb any moisture down in my boots yep. and pull it out of there as best you can, because you've got to try to keep stuff where we were, where you're so remote for so long. You have to try to keep your stuff dry as long as you can.
0: Okay. That's yeah. a I I would have
2: never thought. I had, yeah, I,
0: I, had, uh, I, I uh, actually brought uh, these little uh, boot dryers that mm-hmm. you can buy through Wiggy's. Uh, Wiggies. They're out of Colorado. Wiggy. They, they make sleeping bags and all that stuff. But they're like a boot dryer, and they're like a cloth, yeah, square cloth. You stuff them in your boot and you draw them out. Now, mind you, I uh, I brought rubber boots this time, but I chose to wear my Kenetrex, the, sure, the whole time. Yeah. So, and the and the weather was, and it wasn't quite as flooded and swampy as it was a year before this time. So I was able to. Yeah. And
2: then the other thing I would say is, make sure. You have a rifle that you shoot well, and ammunition that you shoot well, yeah. because you may get one, one chance on a giant animal. And yeah. So make sure you choose the, the right stuff that you're confident in. I know yeah. that goes across a lot of hunting regimes. I get it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's paramount here on a hunt of this magnitude and the, of all the other things that you have to think about and do and mentally and physically, that needs to be something that's just. There, there that you know. You Just have no question. Automatic. Yep. Exactly. Okay.
1: That's awesome. Well, I was kinda of thinking about this before I asked you guys about, you know, and what's a gear tactic or something that I would think. And uh I'm I'm always taking care of my feet. Uh that that is one of the, the most paramount things. And uh for a hunt like ours, we were doing, you know, a ton of walking. Um I think rubber boots probably wouldn't have been uh, the best choice, however. Gore, legitimate Gore boots with you know with the rock guard like the Trek or the, the loas or crispies or whatever that something super waterproof couple that with a gator so if you do submerge your foot mm-hmm. that gives you some protection yeah. and uh i that's funny yeah. that you mentioned having to dry the inside of your boots so you know your feet sweat and you wear good merino wool socks your feet are going to sweat uh i would pull my insoles out of my boot every night and and pull the laces out and open them up as best I could so that the insoles would dry and the inside of the boots would dry but a Shamwell cloth makes sense Um but yeah that, that right there taking care of your feet good boots yep. that kind of goes without saying I think the rain gear for me I, I travel with rain gear almost everywhere I go I usually have like a you know really packable rain I have a jacket underneath the back seat of my truck right now just a kind of you know a cheaper rain jacket but on a hunt like this not only is it going to rain on you and is it going to be wet, there's a good chance the wind's going to blow or you're floating the river, which we did one morning. Mm-hmm. And those rain jackets, you slip on a Gore-Tex jacket, it keeps that wind off okay. your skin yeah. uh, paramount there. And another thing I wanted to mention, regardless of the style of the hunt, whether you're floating the river, whether you're just you know hiking logging roads and coming back to a camp every night, or you're super remote, food is, is so paramount. In, in keeping your morale up. And, and when you're, you don't necessarily think about when it's kind of cold. I don't really want to drink a lot of water. You know, it's kind of cold or rainy. I don't want to eat a lot. But when you're putting on eight or 10 miles through terrain that's not particularly friendly to walk in, you're torching calories, especially if it's cold and you're, you're staying yeah, yeah. warm. So keeping a really high fat, high carbohydrate diet is uh, paramount. And it, like I said, the morale. I bought two Snickers bars, uh, early on. And, uh, that was, you know, from years ago, that was always my, you know, when things were, things were tough, Snickers bar always, uh, always cheered me up. Yeah. Hashtag not sponsored, but, uh, (laughs) just a plug for a Snickers bar when it's chips are down, uh, something like that, quick energy. And, yes. and, uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up in that vein was it's okay. In my opinion, it's okay to eat a little dirty. When you're doing a hunt like that, uh, if, if your weight allowance can, you know, for your pack and stuff, you can take kind of food like that. Now's not the time. If you're not used to eating really clean, now's not the time to start because, uh, uh, that can mess some things up. But I don't know. Those are some things, my takeaways from, yeah. from a hunt like absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So culminating on the hunt, you guys each killed a moose. Uh, we had one down in camp as well. Did you guys eat the
0: moose right away, and uh, and how was that? We did. Uh, the first thing that uh, we did when we got back, Jason, guy, he's uh, of course started with the willow sticks, skinning the willow sticks down, and making a little fork, and and took some back straps, and we took uh, he cut left, made sure he left all the fat on the back, big old ring of fat on him, and then stuck him on that little fork. Mm-hmm. And of course we started a fire, put a couple of logs around there to kind of hold the heat in and, uh, started a fire and then he poked them sticks in the ground around that fire Yeah. and then he'd just turn them. And as the fire, as the fire heated up the meat, it would run, the fat would run down, the fat oh, would yeah. run down over the meat. It was really great. It was, it's like, you know. Very dense with nutrients. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it and- was. Talk about morale food there when you're, you're yeah. in the bush, you're yeah, that was, meat over fire. There's something primal about that that yeah, tastes it good. Was, it was great. Did you immediately
2: go to eating on your moose, Joe? So we did not. I actually oh. haven't had any of my moose yet. Oh. Um, we did fly the steaks home, you know, get, but we have, I don't have them all yet because we had, from the time we killed our moose, we had 24 hours to get, get, get the moose cut up, hung that night packed all next day to the strip and then get camp tore down to get out to make your other uh, flights to get out because if you start missing flights and stuff out of the bush it becomes it becomes expensive and you don't know when and Mm -hmm. everything goes out the window so we had a limited amount of time so when we when we shot the moose we went to work almost and we took a couple of pictures and honestly quick pictures and And then then we went to work we didn't have a choice we had to Yeah, We had to cut the moose up, get him packed to the hill and get done and get, I mean, we just didn't. So I have, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, it'll probably taste good, but not quite as good, good. as if you were. Oh, with the, you guys in yeah. your fire, that's yeah. great. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I it is, it is what it is. Yeah,
0: I understand it. When you're, when you're on a do it yourself or deal like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, where it's all you yeah. and, and you don't have a, a, that a team of people, team of people to. That, you know, you get the message back to them and all of a sudden, bam, here they are, you know, and you got uh, people packing things, moving stuff. Yeah. I mean, you could pick that thing up and get it out of there and get it on the boat, get it back to camp and in record time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where if it's all you. Yeah. There's a little pressure there. Things are huge and there, and there's major pressure and you don't stop. You, yeah. In a situation like that, you can't stop nope. until. It's done. Until it's done. Yep. Yeah. yeah, to no you breaks. Yeah, no, no. no
1: well, we breaks. took plenty of breaks uh, when we were taking care of the, the moose there because we had the fire going and we were eating moose, you know, as we were breaking it down, and we uh we took a entire we took both entire rib cages, so when we got back uh, to camp that afternoon, started a fire and built an A-frame and then hung that whole rib rack <laughs> above the fire and we kept the fire. You know, the wood was split real real thin so it was a low fire and just the heat and the smoke but none of the flame was kissing it and uh and then it got rotated every few hours so when we got back to camp that night you know after the sun went down uh that thing had been on the you know over the fire for a while just in that indirect heat and so all the fat that was left on there and stuff was just rendered and, yeah
0: i seen that pictures so that, that yeah look
1: looked really cool took that thing threw her down and we just carved meat right off of that sucker. And you would think like, Oh, rib meat from a moose. That's going to be pretty chewy. And the meat in between the ribs was a little bit chewy, but there was like a cap of meat and fat over the rib cage that man, you just slice that off with a knife. And yeah, the fat, uh, which was weird to me because growing up, you know, hunting deer and then, you know, you get into, uh, processing deer. If it's white, it's coming off. Cause that is, the, yeah. some of the grossest stuff you'll put in your mouth off an animal. Yeah. But this fat
2: didn't have that flavor at all and in fact it enhanced the flavor. Yeah. Did you guys notice how white it was though? Yeah. How white almost pure the fat was. It was very it very interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And this this moose which would you know lend itself to say that the rut was late probably due to the heat. Uh this moose had fat everywhere. everywhere. I mean it was fat everywhere and and typically as yeah. Mike was explaining to me when the ruts on they don't eat. They are not nothing. They are nose to the stone looking for, looking for honey. Yeah, yep. sure. Uh, but what a great experience for, sounds like everybody had. I mean, I certainly yep. had, you know, an adventure of a lifetime, very fortunate and blessed to, to go on something like that. And, you know, just talking about eating the moose after the hunt, your granddaughter had to just be like sitting oh, there yeah. like a cat with a oh, grin yeah. ear to oh, ear, gee. like a cheshire
0: cat. Oh yeah. They, they were, they were, they were pretty, pretty pumped.
1: they. Yeah, They really love the experience. Yep. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, yeah, we're, we're passionate hunters and we hunt all over. We're hunting prairie dogs and pheasants and deer and antelope. And we're hunting, yeah, bears and moose and sheep. And really, regardless of what you're hunting, it's about the experience and who you're sharing it with. And uh, it enriches you by a lot. So before we wrap this up, guys, is there anything else that you want to talk to the listeners about your adventure or about? you know booking a hunt or or anything like that
2: no if you're going to like on i would just say on a hunt like we did just make sure you do your homework and if you can find somebody that has done it before that you can that, trust that you can tr- that is a huge leg up so that's the only piece of advice i'd throw mm-hmm. out there yeah.
0: okay yeah with the i mean choose your guides wisely or oh, your outfitters wisely i guess you know that's that's a key you do a little homework uh, of course Luckily, I knew other people that had been with, with uh, Virgil and Eric up an hour before, and, and always had good experiences. So, and I've hunted sheep and and moose with Eric as well as with uh, with Virgil. So I had a little experience before I even. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I think
1: the one thing that I'll leave the listeners with, as it relates more to Hornady, would be, uh. Bullet selection, cartridge selection, obviously make sure you've got a cartridge that's going to confidently do the job and choose the right bullet. You know, uh, Whitey talking about shooting the CX, two complete pass-throughs, one quarter that, that balled yep. up on the other side, just picture-perfect performance and the absolutely most explicit and, and perfect example of why you would choose Outfitter ammo
0: or a CX bullet is that hunt right For there. The absolutely. Right. Because everything, things are close. I mean, you can encounter a grizzly bear just as close. And if you're looking for a bullet that's hard, that's going to break bones and and penetrate Mm -hmm. reliably. You know, on, on a big animal and their shots are going to be close you that's that's a great bullet for it you yeah. can't already beat a bullet like yeah. that it's right. the D
1: bullet joe as in you know it goes back to like uh whitey said about doing your homework not just for if you're going to choose an outfitter but also for where you're hunting Absolutely. and you guys chose the eldx because you knew you might have a close shot you might have a far okay. shot and it's got to work on both ends of the spectrum and that uh, the eldx bullet
2: precision hunter ammo just again okay. that is the Exact example of what you and it is, and other other people that had my friend that had been there and went back and stuff, and the guy he went with. That is what they take: three hundred PRC 212s Done. Done. Doesn't matter. I knew I knew of five people that were up there hunting this year that all used that.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even with that bullet, if you get an up close shot, that's a two hundred and twelve grain bullet. Absolutely. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna smash a grizzly anyway. Mm -hmm. You know. Yep. Because it's gonna deliver all of its energy yeah on the spot
1: yeah excellent and and again great performance uh from both of them uh, an awesome experience for all of us so i appreciate you guys coming on and sharing uh sharing your hunt with us and you know it's it's hunting season and i i just i've been saying it since june but like this is what i thrive on yeah uh, me and too. and it, i know you guys are the same most of our uh, office here at, at hornady is the same and i know our listeners are the same too so thanks for continuing to feel the fire. Uh, we've got several months left of of hunting season, so let's go get after it. Plan on it. Thank you, Seth. Plan it. Um, thank you. Awesome guys. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're considering a moose hunt or or an adventure like this, go ahead and go ahead and do it because it's pretty awesome. Uh, we appreciate you tagging along, and we'll catch you on the next one.